We try to make sense of the Baltimore Ravens' awful offensive game plan in the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs, which is one of the main reasons that they are not advancing to the Super Bowl. All that and more coming up next year on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, coming to you from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thanks so much for being here, making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every single day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms that includes in video form on YouTube and audio form wherever you get your shows. We're a five-day-a-week Ravens podcast, so Monday through Friday, we bring you daily Ravens coverage, plus some bonus episodes in there as well so if you could like the video on youtube subscribe to the channel helps put it in front of more ravens fans puts the show in front of more ravens fans and also more nfl fans you want to follow along in audio form as well the audio community and the video community both a huge part of the show i really appreciate all of the support even in tough times like this where the ravens their season comes to a crashing thud against the kansas city chiefs and that doesn't mean we're going to stop here on locked on ravens even though the season's over we do five days a week in the off season as well so if you want that year-round Ravens coverage, Locked on Ravens is the place for you to be. Today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by Prize Picks, and it's the easiest and most excited way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code lowercase locked on NFL for a first buzzer match up to $100. Baltimore loses 17-10 to 10 in the AFC Championship game, and what really just encapsulates what I've been saying. If you're an everydayer here on Lock on Ravens, you listen to the show every single day or a lot. You've heard me say it. The best team in the regular season doesn't mean anything. You, you got to win in the playoffs. And if you're not the best team in the playoffs, you can win. You know, if you have bad game, like the 49ers have not been the best team in the playoffs, right? I think honestly, it's probably Kansas city at this point, but it, I think that even with San Francisco, you can still win games. You can still come back and you don't have to have perfect games. But Baltimore, you're not allowed to have a bad game. Nobody's allowed to have a bad game and you have an easy way to win a game. You usually lose those games, and Baltimore certainly did on Sunday. So we'll talk about the Ravens' pretty awful offensive game plan. We'll try to make sense of it. And a spoiler alert, I cannot right now. I'm still, I'm tr- still looking for answers. I can try to explain it. But every time I say, well, maybe this was the reason or that was the reason, I'm just like, what am I saying? (laughs) Like, what what am I doing here? So we'll talk about that in the first part of the show. Because I think it's just so frustrating for so many people. And it's frustrating for me, too, considering that I, you know, I spent a lot of time laying out this game plan here. Look, I'm not the coach of the Ravens. I'm, I'm not employed by the Ravens or anything. But it just felt like it was so obvious. And the Ravens just abandoned it so, so early. So We'll try to make sense of it and and kind of walk through it here. We'll also talk about how Baltimore lost the chance at a Super Bowl here and why it was really important for them to win this year. Not saying that they can't win a Super Bowl and this was their only chance to do it, but it's really hard to win in the NFL. We'll talk about that. And then also where the Ravens go from here. So a lot to talk about on the show. Let's start off with this offensive game plan that quite frankly was just terrible. And really whether the Ravens hit the panic button too early or they felt like they needed to go for a bunch of deep, big plays early. There was a bunch of stuff that went into it, but here are the facts. 
The Ravens ran the ball 16 times against one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. Now, Kansas City's rushing defense was not the worst rushing defense in the NFL, but that was the weakness. When you look at the splits, you look at the secondary versus their run defense, you want to attack that run defense first. The reason for that is you want to first put yourself in second and medium, second and short situations, and that doesn't mean run the ball every single first down. But here's the problem. They only ran it 16 times, and their running backs only had six carries the entire game. Gus Edwards had three, and Justice Hill had three. And here's the problem on top of the problem. Gus Edwards had a 15-yard carry to start this game. Well, it was a little – it wasn't the start it, but it was earlier on in the game. The fourth and one that the Ravens ran in their own territory. Lamar picks up what? Like It was a huge game, 20, 30, 40 yards, whatever it was. And then the next play, Gus Edwards had that 15-yard run. The rushing lane was there. It, to me – that's working for you on two straight plays. Try it again, maybe in one or two plays and see what happens. And, you know, use Gus here. Gus had one carry in the first half. That was it. And it felt like the Mahomes went down the field and scored. The, the Ravens go down 14 to seven, seven to nothing. I mean, they, they end up tying the game at seven, but they go down 14 to seven. And it just felt like maybe it was Todd Munkin, John Harbaugh. The panic button was just hit way too early where we've seen this before. The Ravens abandoning the run, abandoning their identity in favor of trying to do something that they're not, I'm not saying they're not built to do it, but they're much more equipped to do something else. I mean, this Ravens team is a physical team. They're built to run the football. Lamar can throw. We know Lamar can throw. He wasn't great in this game. I don't think he was good, but we know that he can do it. But the bread and butter of this team is running the football. This was a top three offense in rushing this season. The Chiefs were banged up on the interior. Chris Jones was laboring for pretty much the entire game. They didn't have Derek Nadi. Willie Gay didn't play in this game. I felt like the Ravens could have exploited it. And when you run the ball on first down effectively and put yourself in that second and medium and second and short, it puts you in a situation where the safeties have to creep up. And it was what the Chiefs were doing. The Chiefs were doing it to the Ravens, and the Ravens just abandoned it and they beat themselves doing it. What do we say all week here on Locked on Ravens? One of the ways that the Ravens can lose this game is if the Ravens beat the Ravens. And I'll give credit to the Chiefs, right? I'll, I'll say, you know, they did some good things here, and they, they did. They did enough to win the game. Mahomes was great in the first half. The defense for the Chiefs really was good all game because the Ravens didn't do themselves any favors. They gave up a couple of chunk plays. But the Ravens beat themselves in this game. Turnovers. Dumb penalties, dumb mistakes, right? Things things that just shouldn't happen the way that it did. You, you can have a, a penalty here that isn't smart and, and stuff like that, but it was just consistent. And then on top of it, you're taking away the game plan that should work. And I'm not saying go run the ball 50 times a game and Lamar shouldn't throw the ball. He should throw the ball. But Lamar wasn't good in this game. He had a couple of really nice plays and a couple of really cool drives he orchestrated but they ended in turnovers, they ended in mistakes, and it doesn't matter how good the drive looks if there are no points to come out of it. This game wasn't all on Lamar, it wasn't all on the offensive game plan, it wasn't all on one specific thing, but the fact that the Ravens abandoned the run the way they did, I just, I, it, it is baffling to me to take that away, to, to take a guy in Gus Edwards who can be a bully back who we have seen be a bully back. This is not like the Ravens are going in here. And then what do you sign Dalvin cook for, right? You're bringing Dalvin cook to be this, this fresh legged option. He can compliment this. I mean, what, what, what do you, what do you bring him in for? 
he didn't have a carry in this game. And I feel like with the way that Baltimore just hit that panic button, they had to feed into what they were trying to do because the Chiefs were up and the offense could en- couldn't get anything. So as the game went on and on and on, you would see Baltimore start late in the game. We saw Baltimore start to spam those deep shots on first down, and it was first and 10, second and 10, third and like six or five, and then they get a first down. It would be, again, first and 10, second and 10, and they'd put themselves in these second and long situations, and the play call on a second and 10 is so different. I'm just, I'm in shock that, again, whether you want to blame it on John Harbaugh or blame it on Todd Monk, and I think blame is to go around for that. Todd Munkin obviously has a lot of control of that offense. It's his offense, but John Harbaugh is in the middle of those meetings. John Harbaugh, this is John Harbaugh's team. He is the head man. He deserves blame for it, just like Todd Munkin does. Both guys do, but here's the thing. As I mentioned, we saw this with Greg Roman, and we saw the Ravens abandon their run with Greg Roman and hit the panic button too early, and we saw it again with Todd Munkin. So where's the common denominator there? It's Greg Roman is not Greg Roman. It's not Todd Munkin. I mean, those guys were certainly at fault in these situations, but both times it happened, it was John Harbaugh who, at least recently, right? It was John Harbaugh who it was under. So we can have the John Harbaugh conversation all we want to. We're definitely going to have it throughout the week here. I still want to kind of dive into the offense, so it won't be as prevalent on today's show, but we will touch on it a, a, a tiny, tiny bit. But the fact, again, I, I just I, I can't stop looking at this box score. 16 carries for a team that you look at the game plan and what the script could have been. The Bills ran on the Chiefs 39 times in the divisional round for 182 yards. The Ravens averaged 5.1 yards per carry. Lamar Jackson had 8 for 54. Gus Edwards had 3 for 20. That's 6.8 and 6.7 respectively. Now, some of those Lamar plays were scrambles, you know, on throw plays. So, can't even give him credit for rushing the ball 16 times because they didn't call that many run plays. Lamar had to do some stuff on his own. It's just, I, 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 I'm at a loss. You know, again, my job is to come on here and say words about the Ravens. I'm, I'm at somewhat of a loss for words because you took away an element of your offense here. You, you took it away. Usually, the defense. When you're a defense, your thing is, oh well, let's make this offense one dimensional and let's take away an element of their offense. The Ravens did it to themselves. They did it to themselves. And, and that's what's so frustrating to so many people. And it was, it was just an awful game plan, awful. Whether they had the game plan and they executed it terribly or whether their mindset going in was we're going to try to establish the pass and then try to run the ball when we're up. I don't know what it was. Game plan, execution, it, it was all bad. The Ravens offense scored 10 total points and, in a playoff game when your defense shuts out Patrick Mahomes in the second half, it's just not acceptable. Coming up in the second part of the show, we'll talk about how Baltimore lost a really good chance at a Super Bowl here and why it's so hard to win in the NFL and what it means that the Ravens lost this game to the Kansas City Chiefs, plus get into the game a little bit more. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot to get to on Locked on Ravens.
First, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And if you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun so many have had, running up to 25 times the money this football season. All I have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less of the projected stats, and place your entry. With basketball season, you cannot pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players in different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, and pick those guys at a 10.5 combo or three pointers made plus receptions. If you move pauses or your entry stay in place, even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, if you have a player exits the game in the first half and also return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepix.com slash LockdownNFL. Use code LockdownNFL for a first boss match up to $100. Again, that's prizepix.com slash LockdownNFL. Use code LockdownNFL for a first boss match up to $100. PrizePix daily fantasy sports made easy. We're back. Our second segment, Locked on Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still talking with you here after a devastating, crushing, horrific, whatever you want to call it, terrible loss. The Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, they squander an opportunity to make their third Super Bowl in franchise history and possibly win their third Super Bowl in franchise history. 17-10, to the final score of the Kansas City Chiefs. Really tough game, and I really appreciate everybody tuning in to this show, whether you tuned into the live show yesterday after a loss like this. I know it's tough to kind of hear this talk about, you know, your favorite sports team and, and kind of go through the emotions of a loss of a painful loss like this. And the fact that you're spending some time with me here, whether it's listening to this show or listening to that live, I, I do really appreciate the support. Truly. It, it, it goes a long way, but let's talk about how Baltimore lost a great opportunity. It really felt like this was the team of destiny. It felt like everything was lining up for the Ravens to go and do their thing and really produce and just kind of not, not steamroll everybody, but kind of just take this this magic this magic carpet ride and go win a Super Bowl, especially coming out of their bye. They're as healthy as I think they've been, what, five years, maybe longer than that. Baltimore got extremely lucky with health this season. Now, it's not like they weren't injured or didn't lose people. They lost a lot of guys, but when the time was right, they were, for the most part, healthy. Marlon wasn't 100%. Mark Andrews wasn't 100%. I get that. But the only key players on injured reserve here for the Ravens, J.K. Dobbins, David Ajabo, Keaton Mitchell. Those are your guys. Those are your key, key, key guys. Now, And you can even say, well, all right, how much of a role would Ajabo have had this, that, and the other? Those are the three names that stick out to me. Maybe I'm forgetting someone, and if I am, I apologize. But those are the three that kind of come off the top of my head. Health is such a key factor, and Baltimore did not do a a job of of taking advantage of that. And I'm a little shocked that that we're here. The Chiefs were banged up coming into this game, and the Ravens just did not play up to the standard that they had to. Lamar Jackson did not play up to the standard that he had to. And again, I'm not one to blame everything on one person or one thing. Lamar's at fault, 100%. I can't sit here and say, well, I'm going to give Lamar this excuse and that excuse and that excuse. Lamar missed on some deep balls. Lamar made some poor decisions, had some great plays, had some great throws. I'm not saying it was all terrible, but to the standard they needed him to be at to win this game, which really wasn't even super, 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 super high considering the Chiefs only scored 17 points in this game. It was a little bit of a letdown. In fact, it was a lot of bit of a letdown when you talk about that. I'm not trying to, you know, just rag on Lamar and just say all these things. But look, 
my goal here on this show is to praise people when they deserve to be praised and criticize people when they deserve to be criticized. It's it's fair, honest conversation here on Locked on Ravens. And I can't sit up here and say Lamar had a good game. I can't do it because it's not true. And that part of it is disappointing because after what we saw with the adjustments in the second half, and going back to our, our first topic, our first segment, John Harbaugh came out of that halftime locker room and he, he spoke with Evan Washburn on the CBS broadcast. And Evan asked, you know, a bunch of questions, you know, what can you do in the second half? And John Harbaugh said, we can establish the run. We can, we can try to run the ball a little bit more. Ravens gave their running backs two carries, two carries in the second half. That's it. That's it. None. It was both two Gus Edwards carries. And that was it because Gus finished the game with three and Justice Hill finished the game with three. And I still cannot believe I'm saying that. You match up with a, with a certain aspect of a team one way, and you go the complete opposite way. And again, John Harbaugh has a lot of influence in these meetings as he's the head coach. John Harbaugh has a lot of influence in how the team, even just adjustments in game. And when you talk about the head decision maker, John Harbaugh doesn't call plays for the offense, right? I know a lot of coordinators are given over or head coaches or you know, getting their play calling duties and they're taking it back and saying, I'm, I'm calling this as the head coach. John Harbaugh doesn't do that. He lets Todd Munkin have free reign. He lets Mike McDonald have free reign. But to say that John Harbaugh doesn't have influence and say, oh, well, it's all Todd Munkin. It's, it's all Todd Munkin. It's not all Todd Munkin, right? We have to be realistic about the situation here and say that it's a joint thing here with John Harbaugh and Todd Munkin. And look, my, all right, since I'm on the topic, I'll say it. My two cents on the John Harbaugh situation. He put the Ravens in a position in the regular season. They were great, but we say that all the time. We, they're a great regular season team. We know that about the Ravens. The regular season doesn't matter at the end of the day. It, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It matters to get to the playoffs. It matters for seeding, et cetera, et cetera, momentum. But if you don't win in the playoffs and you can't consistently get to where you want to go, this Ravens team, they hadn't been to the Asian championship since 2012, 2013. They got there this season. That to me is why I don't think the Ravens will fire John Harbaugh. Now, should they or shouldn't they? I, ju- I think that for me, I- I'd be floored if they actually made the move this year. I think that, that what their mindset, and this is what I think their mindset is going to be. I think what their mindset is going to be is it was a step in the right direction. It was a disappointing end, but they saw something. And look, I don't know what they saw in, the, in this game. <laughs> Just I guess Mike McDonald's defense stepped up in the second half, but McDonald's interviewing with the commanders and he might be be on his way to Seattle, so I don't know about that. But at this point, if if you're the Ravens, you seriously have to look in the mirror and ask yourself, when is enough enough in terms of complacency? When is the, the relationship just not beneficial? Maybe for one party, maybe for both parties. John Harbaugh is a good coach, and I will stand by the fact that he's a good coach. But sometimes tenures come to a close. Sometimes fits just aren't the fit that they were, and you got to move on. What the Ravens are probably going to do is they're going to assess and say, look, this is Lamar Jackson's prime. Lamar's playing at an all-world level right now. You can't just keep bringing John Harbaugh back after AFC championship losses, after divisional losses, because if you snap your fingers, that Lamar Jackson prime is gone, and then where does that leave you? You waste the entire window. So for me, it's, it's the worry of I don't want the Ravens to waste the window. 
And if that means moving on from John Harbaugh, if that means getting someone else, if it means something completely different other than John Harbaugh, whatever it is, you just can't be complacent and you can't waste the window. And my expectations for the team, it was AFC championship or bust before the season, but they were so good that I changed my expectations to this team should win the Super Bowl. They're the best team in the NFL. They have been for a long while now, but it doesn't matter if you can't perform in the playoffs. The Ravens had essentially, what do we call it? Two good quarters of football on offense, right? Can we say that? Out of eight quarters, two of them were good, and it was the third and fourth quarter against the Texans. I think that's pretty fair. Maybe the first because they scored a touchdown, but the Ravens, they, they need to perform, and this is not like this is the first year that the Ravens have not lived up to the expectations AFC Championship, it was Lamar's first. They hadn't been there in the Lamar Jackson era. That's a start. But it can't be the be-all, end-all of, oh, well, then next year we're going to go to the Super Bowl. The Ravens wouldn't fire John Harbaugh if they made the Super Bowl next year, by the way. It just wouldn't happen. Much like I just think they're going to they're gonna take this as a positive step. John Harbaugh has the players, right? They rally around John Harbaugh, and that's key. Sometimes you bring in a coach, and what if the Ravens move on from John Harbaugh and the next guy doesn't have the locker room? The next guy isn't respected or something crazy happens. You got to be sure if you move on from a guy like John Harbaugh that you got a coach lined up, ready to go. Maybe it's Mike McDonald that would be ready to take this team over and be a better coach than John Harbaugh. So I, I went a little longer on the Harbaugh conversation than I anticipated. but I, So that, that's my two cents on it. I don't think they're going to fire him. I still think he's a, co- a good coach, but you have to be realistic about the situation where what he has done in a, in a Ravens, well, he's not in a uniform, I guess, in Ravens coaching gear, has not been up to the standard they need because the standards in Baltimore are ever sky high with Lamar Jackson. They're going to be sky high, and that's just what it comes down to. So Ravens got to look themselves in the mirror and ask what level of complacency they're okay with, and if they're okay with any level of, uh, level of complacency, it's a little bit of an issue in its own. I don't think they are, but with John Harbaugh, you can argue that, you know, where do you go? It's because they fired their defensive coordinator last offseason. They got rid of their offensive coordinator this past offseason. Who's the next in the line of succession? I don't think it's the special teams coordinator. It's the head coach, so we'll see. Coming up, though, in the final part of the show, we will get into where the Ravens go from here. We'll get into a list of the Ravens' free agents and also talk about the game because that John Harbaugh rant did go a little long. So stay tuned for that plan to get to on the show. First, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp, and this next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes they only need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small, certain things you really start to get to. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing this week, and I'm going to say it. I'm going to talk about those refs in the Ravens and, and Chiefs game in the AC Championship. I think that there, there were calls, and the calls that the refs made were fair, but not all of them were fair. And I think it was very biased towards the Ravens. And the Ravens had eight penalties for 95 yards. The Chiefs had three for 30. There were calls that were not called on the Chiefs. And the NFL officiating has been very poor for a lot of the season. In fact, all of the season. And while there were penalties on the Ravens that should have been called penalties on the Ravens, there are penalties on the Chiefs that were not called penalties on the Chiefs. So very biased officiating, in my opinion, there. And therapy can be different for everybody. Most of us have bigger problems on our favorite sports teams, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. Everything that's starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. We're back. Our final segment, Locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostriker 
still talking with you here. Really appreciate again everybody tuning in after a tough loss. The Ravens lose to Kansas City 17 to 10 in the AFC Championship game. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form for five day a week Ravens content. If you if you find yourself checking back in every couple days, maybe you're not subscribed. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. It really does help turn notifications on too so you know when our content comes out Monday through Friday. Ravens news analysis updates and so much more here. Haven't missed an episode since 2019. And I'm looking to continue that as we obviously do five days a week in the off season. I'm also trying to start on my Instagram again. So if you want to follow that, it's at chaosstriker34, same as my Twitter handle. So be sure to check that out too. Where do the Ravens go from here? It's a difficult conversation. It's one that maybe some people are a little wary or worried to have, but at this point, we're going to get into it in a lot more detail, but generally it's it's one that's tough and we're, we're going to go through some of the Ravens free agents. Well, first, I feel like we should actually continue with the game. We'll get into jet like very brief game takeaways here before we get into that. So let's just round that out. Lamar Jackson on 20 of 37, 272, one touchdown, one interception. Again, what wasn't a great day for him. He took a couple of sacks he shouldn't have taken, missed some throws. He had a couple of plays, a couple of really, really good plays, but was not up to the standard the Ravens needed him to be at. He also had eight carries for 54 yards. I mentioned the running backs. So we don't have to really talk about that or touch on that. Receiving-wise, A. Flowers, five for 115 and a touchdown. Had a couple of spectacular plays, but also a couple of very, very costly mistakes. A taunting penalty on a 54-yard catch. He also fumbled at the one-yard line as he, he dove out and extended that ball, which wasn't necessary for him to do, and Legereus Need punched it out. And then after that fumble, he got frustrated, and he reopened a cut on his hand, according to the CBS broadcast, by slamming his hand on the Ravens bench. So young moments, young mistakes for, for Zay Flowers. He's going to learn from this. He's going to remember it. And a, a long, successful career ahead for Zay Flowers. I'm not, I'm not worried about him, but obviously in this moment, Th- those were very costly. Nelson Aguilar, one for 39. Justice Hill, four for 34. I thought he was great out of the backfield. Odell, three for 22. Gus Edwards, one for 16. Isaiah Likely, two for 16. Mark Andrews and his return, two for 15. Still crazy to me to see Lamar Jackson on this box score here. One one catch for 13 yards. Rashad Bateman, one for two. Roquan Smith had 16 tackles in this game. Kyle Hamilton, 11. I thought Hamilton and Steven struggled early on, on Travis Kelsey, but they figured it out. Mike McDonald, to his credit, figured out this Chiefs offense. I think the Chiefs got a little conservative as well. That helped out. But Ronald Darby made some plays. Marcus Williams made a play. But there were some very costly penalties. Kyle Noy, which, again, if we're talking about the refs, should have been unsportsmanlike on Kyle Noy. That should have been called. They also should have been taunting on Travis Kelsey. They should have been offsetting penalties. Travis Jones whacked Patrick Mahomes in the face. That should have been a penalty. But then you see guys like Isaiah Likely getting torn and pushed and, and hit in the back before the ball gets to him, and those don't get called. So, again, I don't like to blame the refs for a win or a loss, but, look, there were some very key defining plays that were not called. Roquan Smith got called for an unsportsmanlike where he bowled through Trey Smith, and that and that happened. So it, it was a very weird game, but defensively, you got to give Mike McDonald credit. No points for the Chiefs in the second half. So that's what happened. But then you look. I mentioned you got the penalties. The Ravens 8 for 95 and the Chiefs 3, three for 30. Baltimore held the ball for only 22 minutes and 30 seconds compared to Kansas City's 37 at 30. The Ravens went 3 for 11 on third down compared to 8 for 18 for Kansas City. So you look back on a game like this if you're the Ravens and try to figure out where everything went wrong and, and how you can improve, 
your roster moving forward. And I, I put out the tweet of free agents that the Ravens are going to have pending here. And I'm scrolling to find it really quick. I, I put out a lot of tweets yesterday, but it's a long, long list. I'll go through them right here. And I, I took a deep breath on the live stream. I'm going to take a deep breath here. Justin Matabike, Patrick Queen, Geno Stone, Jadavian Clowney, Calvin Noy, Kevin Zeitler, Odo Beckham Jr., Gus Edwards, Ronald Darby, J.K. Dobbins, Arthur Millette, Nelson Aguilar, Tyler Huntley, Brent Urban. All those guys plus more are free agents. It's why I, the second segment is why I talked about it. It's so hard to win at the NFL level, and no team is the same. You're not. This was the last year you had Justin Manabike on a rookie contract. Last year you had Patrick Queen, Geno Stone on rookie contracts, Jadavian Clowney and Calvin Noy, and they're steals of deals. They're going to probably be asking for more money. Odell's going to probably get less money, but I, I don't know if the Ravens bring him back. Ronald Darby was great. Maybe he gets a starting role somewhere. There's a Dobbins question, Arthur Millette. He was great for them in the slot. So there are going to be some key questions. Where do you go in the draft? The Ravens are going to officially hold the number 30 overall pick in the draft. So do you trade out of that spot and trade down for multiple seconds? Do you trade up and combine picks if a guy falls? That's a question. But I would expect the Ravens to tag Justin Matabike. Does he play on that tag? I'm, I'm not sure. It would be probably less money. It's about $21 million. It'd be less money than he'd be making probably on a deal he would sign. I'd expect him to make upwards of $25 million plus annually on a deal there. Does Patrick Queen leave for a, a pure number one linebacker spot? Does Geno Stone leave for a starting spot? Right? I I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of questions we're going to have to answer, and I think it's why it makes it sting so much more because this team was just so set up. It was so, so, so set up, and it I feel like the Ravens thought it was too. I feel like they thought it was set up for them, and it just all comes crashing down like that. The defending champs came in. And, and, and they took the Ravens' lunch money, right? On offense, they had pretty much no answers. We saw Lamar backpedal on some of those pressures that Kansas City gave. It, it was stuff that we had talked about last week where I said, well, you just can't do that again. You can't do that again. And, and it all happened. So frustrating, disappointing, any word you want to call it, I, I will probably not argue with you on the word. And, and it's frustrating. Got to smile through the pain, laugh through the pain, but it's definitely painful for the Ravens and we'll be, we'll be covering it throughout the week. And obviously throughout the off season as Baltimore goes back to the drawing board here on locked on Ravens. So once again, be sure to subscribe here in audio form and in video form, however you prefer to watch your shows. It really helps out. If you hit a, a like, you hit that like button on YouTube and it puts it in front of more people. And if you hit notifications on YouTube also, that helps out too. You can follow my Instagram, subscribe on subtext. We had a lot of awesome interaction throughout the season. I, I'm really just so grateful for the run that we went on here on Lock and Ravens, it's not stopping anytime soon. It's not stopping, but the season was a magical one, obviously, until it wasn't yesterday. But I really appreciate all the support. So that's all I have for you today on Lockdown Ravens. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Coming up tomorrow, more Ravens content as we continue to break down this Ravens lost to Kansas City in the AFC Championship, where the Ravens go from here, and some very serious and needed conversations about this team. So be sure to stay tuned. I'll see you right back in tomorrow on Lockdown Ravens.